With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Godfather is talking Steelers. What a leaping grab by Antonio Brown on the near sideline. Incredible. Comes to the sideline. Intercepted on a leaping interception by TJ Watt. It's all Steelers with Stan Zavris. Zavrin on Steelers. On ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Still in the backfield. Play fake to him. Brissett going to go for it all. Now the middle of the field for T.Y. Hilton. Touchdown! Forty-five yards. Jacoby Brissett, now the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Had a very good game Sunday against the Houston Texans, a game that the Colts won. It won't help them make the playoffs as they're now only 3-6, and six, but you can see the whole thing unraveling over there with or without Andrew Luck, and that was a big victory for them. Uh, and so that's who the Steelers will end up facing coming up Sunday afternoon, Jacoby Brissett. What kind of guy is Jacoby Brissett? We knew him from uh, New England a little bit. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about him, other than the fact that he's done a pretty good job there. The uh, Colts have issues. Uh, I'm not so sure that they would have been significantly better, even if they would have been in a position to use Andrew Luck. Now, I mean, quite obviously, you'd much rather have Andrew Luck, uh, but how good is Jacoby Brissett? And the Steelers, who have played well on the road, are going on the road as they say, in a hostile environment. We have Cordell, Greg? All right, we're still trying to reach Cordell. Um, How good a quarterback is he? That's the one variable we don't know. We've seen T.Y. Hilton before. We've seen Frank Gore before. Their their new-ish tight end, Doyle, represents some kind of a threat. But before we get into the, uh, the Colts overall, I mean, there are a couple of things. Uh, that that I think need to be addressed. If you heard the Mike Tomlin press conference, uh, I hope you did, and you heard it uh, right here uh, on the Steelers Radio Network and Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, He said they used the last two weeks, really, to self-evaluate. Now, teams do this all the time. This is not just for a bye week. I mean, they do this all the time. Um, As a matter of fact, there are certain players inside the organization that's their job they spend their time going over what the team has done they don't they want to self-evaluate they want to self-scout in other words teams get comfortable in in doing what they're doing uh and they they sometimes get so lost in the week-to-week preparation that they forget that they may be falling into ruts So they self-evaluate. They go over what they've done. Again, they do this every week, but especially in a bye week, they say, you know what, on third and three, we're running this play 
I'm making up a percentage here, 75% of the time. Teams are starting to catch on to that. Teams are starting to get the idea of what we're doing. So they want to switch that up. You don't want to be predictable. And like any else, individuals or organizations, sometimes you fall into these ruts where you end up doing the same thing over and over because eh, they've been successful, but also because you're in a position where you're comfortable with it. And that's not necessarily the best way to go. So that's one of the things that the Steelers have spent this off week. Uh, what would those things be? Have they become too predictable? If you asked, I think, anyone who has watched the Steelers with any regularity, you would realize, certainly, that if you looked at their issues, and they have more than some individual play, certain players need to be better, but also certain elements of their game have to be better, and I think we all would agree that it's the red zone. But I want to I refine that. Red zone, as you know, is just considered from the 20-yard line in. I'm gonna re- I'd like to refine that. I would like to bring that to the 10-yard line in. They haven't been very good there either. Certainly not good enough. So what are the reasons? Now, the first one, of course, that will come to mind, and we've already gotten some of those, play calling. Uh, I agree in certain elements, in certain circumstances, that is very true. Fitty Knapp tweets um, sarcastically about the play calling. All right, yeah, uh, there have been times when I have not necessarily liked the play calling. You know, we discussed that yesterday uh, about not, and this is an NFL trend, not running the ball. Again, inside the red zone, but inside the 10. To me, it ought to be an automatic. There ought to be an NFL rule. On first down from inside the 10, you have to run the ball being facetious, of course, but uh, I'd like to see an unwritten rule put in there. But what are some of the other elements? Tomlin was asked that question today, and he, you know, nothing revelatory. There's not as much room to operate. Um, If you've got big receivers, that makes the red zone, the end zone, that area there, uh, more conducive to throwing into the end zone. Uh, When you've got quicker faster type guys fast doesn't get it quickness helps but the fast part doesn't work as well why because defenders only have less than 20 yards to defend the 10 yards in the field the 10 yards in the end zone let's also remember this is true as Tomlin would say in open grass but you see this more inside the 10 yard line and certainly in the end zone that defensive backs if they're smart they use the boundaries as an extra defender. Now, again, that's true all over the field. <clears throat> but because you're so confined in that area, it makes it even more prevalent. Good defensive backs understand that you've got to get two feet in. And they will play the boundary as a 12th defender to help them out because there's only so much room back there. That's a factor. That is definitely a factor. Number two, I certainly would agree with the play calling. I want to see more runs called. You've heard me say it before ad nauseum, I'm sure. But unless you're, unless you're right on the 10-yard line, maybe the nine, I'll give you the nine, 
first down to me, you got to run the ball. See what happens. Because, again, if you pass on first down, unless it's a screen or something, and by the way, that can be fairly valuable too because you've got defenders who are backing up into the end zone. You may not score on it, but you might pick up five. But I, I want to run the ball. I want to see what happens. If I've got first and goal at the eight, let's say, and I pick up four yards on first down, I've got all kinds of options now. If I throw the ball on first down and I'm incomplete, you pretty much know I'm going to pass on second and third. Oh, you might try a draw, but that oftentimes does not work. Not in that circumstance. So I want to see the ball run more. I think part of the reason that they haven't been more successful, again, I'm not going to throw out that term red zone, they haven't been more successful inside the 10, is because they don't run enough. But let me add something to that. I don't, I'm not satisfied with their run game. What? Le'Veon Bell, number one in the AFC? What? What are you talking? Here's what I'm talking about. I've been talking to you about this for weeks, and I asked this question at the press conference today. Yes, everybody knows the running game is in good hands. They've got a good offensive line. Marcus Gilbert should be back on Sunday. But Le'Veon Bell is only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. That's not good enough. Now, I realize that if it's first and 10 and you give it to him three times in a row and he gets 3.9 averaged, you'll get a first down. But it doesn't work that way. Tomlin's answer to me was, well, we haven't seen a lot of splash runs. I think Bell's longest run is 27. Well, there aren't many 40-yard runs. But what we haven't seen a lot of is that five-yard gain turn into a 15 or a 20. That's where you compile the yardage. It's also you not only move the sticks, but you put less pressure on your passing game if you're able to move the ball. You know, these splash plays, I mean, Tomlin said he wants more splash plays. Well, who doesn't? But how many 97-yard touchdown passes do you think you're going to get? How many 50-yard catches do you think you're going to get downfield, whether it's Antonio Brown or whether if it's Mark Davis Bryant at some point? Not many. Here's what I want to see, and we haven't seen a lot of this or enough of it. Let's put it that way. You got a five-point lead. They call it the four-minute drill. Or whether you got, you could be in the first quarter. A splash play. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're great. Don't get me wrong. The touchdown pass to Juju, that's great. Steeler record. It's great. But to me, what's even greater is that 10-play, 83-yard drive that eats up seven minutes on the clock. That makes your defense, which is a pleasant surprise, even better. You can't do that if you're only averaging 3.9 per carry.
You can't sustain that. You can't overcome a penalty. And if you happen to throw on second down and seven, that 3.9 per carry is not going to help you. So I think that one of the reasons that the Steelers aren't better from the 10 on in is because their running game hasn't been good enough. It's been good. Don't get me wrong. It's been okay. But you know what? Okay doesn't win Super Bowls. This is an advantage the Steelers already have because they have what many of us believe, the premier running back in the NFL, certainly one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, the threat of a good passing attack to take pressure off the, pa- the, the run game. 3.9 per carry isn't good enough. Running game's been good, but okay and good, that won't get you to the Super Bowl or win it. The other element of the red zone, we've talked about this a great deal, the tight ends haven't been a factor. Jesse James has two touchdown catches. One of them came on a shovel pass. The other one was against Cleveland. It's a good play. But one of the reasons... And I was going to follow up to someone else's question on these red zone conversations. Is the lack of production from a tight end? Vance McDonald, we figure he'll be healthy to play. He had his opportunity, shown some things, but you can't drop touchdown passes anywhere in the field. You certainly can't drop them in the end zone. That's a factor. More from the tight ends and more from Martavis Bryant. Now, we talked about the big competitive receiver, great leaping ability. Well, I mean, I would imagine Juju can do that, but Martavis is two to three inches taller than he is, and we know that he can jump more out of him in general, but especially inside the tent. So why aren't they better from the 10 on in? Uh, You know, Jeff says Todd Haley. That's the only reason, right, Jeff? You know, I wish you would expand your knowledge of the game a little bit. We've already acknowledged the play calling. He is the biggest reason? Uh, I don't think so. A reason? Yep. Already copped to that. You know, I feel about first and goal at the five and passing three times. Mike Munchak was talking about configurations. Again, to me, that's allowing. And Again, I, I understand you don't want to bang your head against the wall. But I'm also saying to the opponent, you know what? We got the best running back in the league. He can also bounce outside. Haven't seen enough of that. If they bunch inside, how about a toss sweep? Have we seen that once? I don't, you don't see that anymore. The quarterback takes the ball and pitches wide to the running back. Anybody ever see that? I don't. Maybe even a jet sweep. Although slow developing plays in the goal line generally aren't great. So it's play calling, yes, to a degree, but it's the type of play and the execution of the play. 
and I've already outlined what I think the problems are. Jeff says Jesse James needs to be more involved in the red zone. He's a big target with good hands. He is. He is. And a lot of times in the red zone, and again, I'm redefining it inside the 10, they do line up with a double tight end. So he's in there. Dave says they're short on red zone targets. It's been an issue for a while. Heath and Hines were hard in those red zone guys. Bride doesn't seem to be able to jump, uh, to be a uh, jump ball guy. Plexico never was. That's right. Plexico did not high point the boy the ball well. Plexico is about 6-5. And he could jump, but he just didn't have the timing that it takes. You know, you hear the phrase, we've got to high point the ball. That means catch it at its highest point. And it's 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, How many defensive backs are 6'4 six, and 6'5? Six, None. Dave's right. Dave also adds on Twitter, at Stan, love the show. It's harder to run down there because it's a confined space. When they're open, we miss it or drop it. And he, and he adds about Jesse James. That's, I mean, you know, that's true, too. Eli dropped one. The pass to Darius Hayward Bay was not a red zone or inside the 10 pass. But it was a bad throw by Ben. Vance McDonald dropped one. I mean, clearly that's an issue. If Eli catches that, if McDonald catches that, then the numbers are skewed greatly in the Steelers' favor. So I've talked about I think the running game can be much better because it has the capability. Ben's got to be better. The receivers have to be better. The run game has to be better. And the play calling. I don't want to disappoint anybody. The play calling. So, what's the biggest factor? 412-922-2874. Pound 970. Email me. Stan Saverin at iHeartMedia.com. Facebook, Saverin on Sports. Twitter, at Stan. Love the show. A couple of other things I want to talk about. Number one, after the Packers lost last night and really weren't all that competitive against Detroit, and that's at Lambeau Field, I've been hoping that maybe the NFL would flex out that Steelers night game against the Packers on November 26th. I mean, the Steelers are going to be a contender. The Packers, I mean, they're still 4-4, four and four, but Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back. I don't think that's going to happen. And now when you look at the AFC, another question for you, for those of you listening on Steelers Nation Radio and 970 ESPN, we understand that the greatest threat in the AFC to the Steelers are the Patriots, and they will be until proven otherwise. But now that we've seen, you know, the Chiefs have lost three of their last four. And what we expected in the AFC hasn't necessarily been the case. So outside of New England, what team represents the greatest threat to the Steelers winning the AFC? We're broadcasting from the Steelers, UPMC Rooney Complex on the south side. Today, I for Savern on Steelers. 
Second and five, Stafford going to the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Marvin Jones. That's the first opening possession touchdown for the Lions this season, and that's touchdown number 200. Well, the Lions didn't have the red zone problems they had against the Steelers. They beat Green Bay <clears throat> rather easily. We're going have a game, and... Um, Green Bay drops to 4-4, four and four, still alive for a wild card. Who knows even the division? Well, that's unlikely. Does that mean they'll flex out of the Steeler game? Um, it doesn't look like it. I want to get to that momentarily. By the way, we understand that Cordell is planning to call in uh, before the hour is up, so we'll look forward to that. Right now, let's hit the phone lines, 412-922-2874, pound 970. Wesley in Penn Hills. Hi, Wesley. Uh, how you doing, Stan? Uh, I haven't called you in years. But I, I still listen to the show. I hope you don't mind me changing uh, the conversation to the defense for a minute. Of course. Go ahead. Um, I noticed Mike Tomlin uh, made a reference to uh, uh, Mike Mitchell having an Achilles problem. Yes. Well, this might be a blessing in disguise because in the secondary, this guy, to me, is the weak link in that secondary. He doesn't give uh, protection over the top. I think Pro Football Magazine has him rated fourth from the bottom. And I think the guy's overrated. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. Um, the, the question then becomes, you know, who takes his place? Um, you know, right now the guy they picked up from Tampa uh, would be the obvious choice. Um, I, I don't disagree with you at all, Wesley. Um, now, again, it doesn't mean that he's got a torn Achilles. It doesn't even mean that he's not going to play Sunday in Indianapolis. Uh, I would be very surprised if Mitchell's on the team next year. Um, but right now they're planning on, you know, working him back into practice this week because he wasn't able to work out during the bye week. They wanted him to rest and get better. Well, uh, that was my next question. Is his contract up at the end of the year? You know, and I'm going to have to look that up. Um, I believe that it is. Um, I believe that he's in the final year um, of his contract. Now, there, you know, there's no, there's no heir apparent. Um, you know, Robert Golden is, you know, he's, yeah, he's a backup. And, yeah. um, but I think that, you know, is one area, um, you know, where they, they might be looking in the draft. I mean, that is entirely possible. I thought they were talking about moving Cam Sutton to safety. That's a possibility also, Sutton just coming back. Um, uh, again, I, I don't think that J.J. Wilcox would be a bad choice if something were to happen to Mitchell. Um, and, you know, that's, that's entirely possible because now they found their nickel back in Mike Hilton. So now Sutton, was, that was supposed to be Sutton's job, but it's not uh, Cam, Hill, uh, Cam uh, Sutton. But let's not forget Brian Allen. 
Brian Allen is a guy that they like a great deal. Um, at his size, 6'4", 215, I think they've always uh, suspected or expected that it's entirely possible that this kid, he's 6'3", 215, a rookie out of Utah, that he was a guy who might turn to safety. Or, of course, they could also look for somebody in the draft. Wesley, thank, well, you, thank you so much for the call. I've got Cordell Stewart on hold waiting. All right, Cordell. Hey, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing good, Stan. I can't complain. I'm sorry I got to you this late, man. I had, I had Josh Norman on the line. What do you want me to do? How did well, you want me to work that one out? There, well, you know, you could trade Josh Norman to the Steelers if you want. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you don't have that power. Not that you're not powerful. Um, I, I want to start today. Welcome, Cordell. Of course, uh, you can get Cordell every day, 4 to 7, NFL No Huddle, um, on the TuneIn app. We'll get to that momentarily. Uh, I wanted to start the discussion today, uh, Cordell, with Steelers have red zone issues, uh, and I've sort of refined that, not from the 20-yard line, but from the 10-yard line in, and we've discussed some of the issues that they have. But from a quarterback's perspective, um, what changes down there? You know, you're looking at the defense. What are they doing? Why does it seem uh, league-wide so difficult to get in these days? Things are much tighter down there, Stan. In the open field, you know, if you're on the 50-yard line, if you're playing too high safety, you know, whether it's two seam or the halves, like a true cover two where the corners are rolled up, they have a different responsibility at a different depth. Uh, when it comes to playing defense on that side. Even linebackers in their drops, they have to cover every bit of, you might want them to be within 10 to 12 yards of the line of scrimmage, but that thing may stretch to 15 or maybe almost 20, just depending on the route. As far as their reads are concerned, is anyone, if, if, if number one, which is the receiver going to the flag, he goes to the flag, the cornerback has him, who's coming across, who's curling or whatever, it changes. But once you get inside the red zone and you get inside the 10-yard line, where are you backpedaling to? You know, if someone catches it in front of you, they can easily catch it, squeeze between the cracks like an Antonio Brown as quick as he is, and, and end up squeezing in the end zone. So the drop of the safeties, whether it's cover two, which they call it red two, the reason they call it red two is because the color red is a, is a color to stop you, especially when you're driving down the road, stop sign, so to speak. But red two indicates we're not going that far back. We're not dropping too deep. We're only taking maybe maybe five steps max, getting to our certain area, and making sure guys don't move too much underneath like those linebackers and force them to, to, to have a, a concept in their route running or even running the football that forces us to have to move out of our area, which you shouldn't because you only have so much ground to cover. So it's tough down there, you know, and, and sometimes play-action pass works, you know, uh, to where you get those linebackers to take one step forward and, and, and force that, that area between the safeties and that linebacker to be right behind the linebacker to where hopefully the safety may step up to where it gets that receiver running down the edge on the outside to be able to catch him in the back of the, the back pylon. And you notice most touchdowns, especially on the outside by the receiver, are either back shoulder throws or it's thrown to the back of the end zone. You ever hear him have that conversation stand that says he's either at his highest point for the receiver to catch it or it's out of bounds? That's high the point, reason why. High point the ball. Yeah, but that's the reason why is because it's so hard uh, for a defender to catch it unless he's just you know, one of those Mel Blunt-type defenders that's sitting there at 6'2", 6'3", being able to be as tall as the wide receivers. But it's tough down there, man. Precision is at its highest. Anticipation is at its highest. 
and hopefully from an efficient standpoint, uh, you, you have that one step to cut off that angle in the running game uh, to allow Le'Veon Bell or someone like that to be able to, to, to be able to get to that small area and hopefully can get a first down or even get a touchdown. So it's just get a little bit, it's just because it gets a little bit tighter down in the red zone. Uh, I think that causes a lot of things to happen. So motions, shifts, misdirect, misdirection plays, hopefully, uh, can throw defenses off to hopefully open up some of those alleyways, whether it's in a running game or a passing game, to be able to get it down the field. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we've been searching for reasons why they're not better. And I was going to ask you for solutions to the problem, uh, which you first laid out vis-a-vis the defenses. But we're looking at the Steeler team. Um, uh, you know, they, they've got, we think, the best running back in the game, the guy who can catch the ball. Um, they they don't their, – their receivers are not the, quote, combat-type receivers. I mean, A.B. will go up and get a ball, but he's 5'10". Um, and that's where Mark Tavis Bryant comes in. But you look at the tight ends. I mean, you had Mark Bruner. You know, he had good hands. Um, you know, he could. they're big bodies. And the Steelers have one touchdown catch. Oh, actually, two by a tight end. Jesse James has two, but one was on a shovel pass. Do the Steelers need to get their tight ends more involved to take care of some of those red zone issues? Well, you can. I mean, if, if he's a good route runner, that's great. I think Jesse James is a – is a solid route runner. Um, is he a Heath Miller for uh, Ben Roethlisberger from a comfort standpoint? We all know that answer. Uh, but I think he's serviceable, serviceable enough within this grand scheme of things to be able to draw some attention to himself and maybe at least hold a defender or two to help now that we know that Martavis Bryant is back this week to get him to be able to catch the ball on, on the outskirts or, or an Antonio Brown in the slot when playing a slot receiver or even when he's the Z receiver uh, to get him involved in being able to catch the football. But anytime you can release any one vertical up the field, it's going to take some players out, some defenders out of coverage to maybe mask up a few little things for a half a step or two to maybe help a Le'Veon Bell in running his route on an angle route to a flat route or running straight up the seam of some sort or, or getting a Z receiver, which is to the tight end side, an opportunity like a Heinz Ward used to do, an opportunity to get open and, and, and kind of hide behind a tight end. So, you know, he may not be getting the football right now, but it's okay to be a decoy in the mix of things too as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's not that he's not getting the football, I would say, that's most important. It's how are they using him to help others to get it, which I think sometimes is hidden, a hidden stat that you may not have from a statistical category, like as an assist. If they had assists, I guarantee you Jesse James would be a phenomenal assist guy uh, where he's given up himself uh, to allow someone else to come open. So while he's only maybe may have caught two balls, maybe have two touchdowns or however you, you preface it or, or gauge it, I guarantee you he's a part of maybe being a, a diversion, so to speak, for other guys to be able to get the football. So the stat may not show up. It's like a mobile quarterback, right? When making guys miss and scramble and getting that touchdown on the ground and, and getting those 15, 20 yards on the scramble, that's not an intricate part when gauging a quarterback based on those yards being, you know, being created. It's more about how did he throw the football, what's the stats, and just throwing the football. Those 15 yards could have determined the outcome of being ahead of down and distance, the outcome of, of Todd Haley being able to call a certain play that may be Ben's favorite play because of down and distances or maybe even being in the red zone. 
whether it's on the 22-yard line, which is right outside the red zone, or maybe on the 18-yard line that's right inside the red zone. You get those 15 yards and be in that position, that sometimes determines the play call. So for me, when it comes to a Jesse James and what he does, it's not so much how many touchdowns did he catch. The question is, how much of a diversion or how much of an assist was he on certain plays to allow other guys to get open, whether it's in the running game or even in the passing game? Oh, great, great uh, insight, great analysis. Cordell <clears throat> hosts the NFL No Huddle. That's a free live show and a podcast with Brian Weber. Live weekdays, 4 to 7 Eastern time on TuneIn. Uh, just go to the Google Play Store or iTunes. You can get the app. Got all kinds of things there. Cordell, I wanted to ask you, and I, I, you know, this may be an unfair question because I certainly haven't seen a lot of them except for highlights, uh, but the Steelers, uh, you know, will not see Andrew Luck nor will anybody else this season. Jacoby Brissett is the Colts quarterback. I wonder if you could give us an evaluation of him, uh, if you've seen a lot of him, or if not, just your evaluation of him based on what you have seen thus far. I mean, considering the, the, the furnace he's been thrown into the to come and, you know, be a part of a team on, on defense that's not capable of making good stops, offense, everything is predicated truly on what the QB does. I think that's why we see Andrew Luck in the position he's in because they rely heavily upon him. I mean, he's not a Peyton Manning. He's coming from a system um, that derives around running the football first, play action pass, and throwing the football. So when you see those deficiencies and understanding that for even just Andrew Luck and they're throwing the football and he's getting hit, on multiple occasions, sacks, having to run the football by scrambling, trying to make plays with his hand by throwing it with his feet, you know, making plays with his feet and having to throw on the run uh, because he's a, he's athletic enough. Just imagine a, someone like a Jacoby Brissett that's not as mobile or not as tough and, and, and coming more from a system in New England where everything is really predicated on throwing the football and, and creating those long handoffs by hitting those little check downs. That's not what they do in Indy. You know, in, in, in Indy, you know, they don't – they try to be something they're not, in my opinion. This, this is what I've always said about Andrew Luck. I think he's playing out of position at the quarterback position. He's not a, he's not a Peyton Manning. He is a guy that everything starts with the running game. If it, you get the running game going, you get a little play-action pass, now you can utilize his ability across the board. But to have him in the pocket being a passing quarterback all, of the, all day, I'm not saying he can't do it. But that's not the makeup of who Andrew Luck truly is and going back to his days in Stanford. He is really a back where a quarterback that has a game that's set up with the offensive line, protecting first for us, running the football, being on the arches of their feet to their toes, running downhill, everything moving forward. But now all of a sudden you, you think of that being the answer to doing what they need to do. Now all of a sudden you look at how young this offensive line is. I mean, you know, you just grab the young kid. Um, Ryan out of I think it's Ryan out of out of Alabama the center you grab him out of out of Alabama to be the starter and we end up seeing him not actually being in the mix because of injuries at times so you you really start looking at everything Frank Gore is the only veteran I mean he's what uh, all time leading rusher I think seventh overall passing Eric Dick, passing Eric Dickerson and I mean he can't even go out and get things done and I know some will say he's old but I think he still has some in the, some gas in the tank to allow him to be able to run the football pretty well. I just think Jacoby Brissett is a quarterback. I think that's playing solid football. He's another. Uh, he's a he's a North Carolina, he's a North Carolina State kid um, that's played some good football. I think when asked to play, is he playing great football for this football team? I think he's playing good. I don't think he's playing great. I mean, what more can you ask from him? He's 
he's fresh out of New England to come in and play a, play, play a part of a team that I think is not playing good at all, even with – uh, even with Andrew Luck, they weren't playing good. So I think with what they've asked him to do since he's gotten in, I think he's played okay. I think he's played well. I mean, he's making some good plays, making some good reads. Uh, he's, he's, t- he's struggling at times, too, as well. Um, you know, he has seven touchdowns, four INTs. I mean, 61% passer completion. Um, so I, I think he's doing I think he's doing an adequate job, to be honest with you. I, I don't think it's nothing to say that, you know, he's not playing like a Hundley out there in Green Bay. I tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but when you look at what he's done so far, I think Jacoby has done a, a solid job. I think with what they've asked him to do, with what they have on his offense, their inability to be efficient across the board, I think he brings something to the point where now you hear them saying that Andrew Luck may not come back in because they have him on IR. And I think the only reason why they did that is because of Jacoby Brissett. He's playing well enough to be able to be the starter for the rest of the year. Now, the win-loss column is not great for him, but it wasn't good for him even with Andrew Luck, in my opinion. So I think as of right now, this team being 3-6, and six, I think you expected that in this division uh, there in the AFC South. You see uh, a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's defensively playing outstanding. Offensively, they're running the football the way the Steelers used to run back in the day when they featured the running game more than what they do now, which is the football is totally different nowadays uh, across the board. Uh, you see the Houston Texans obviously struggling. Struggling, excuse me. Tom Savage, he is nowhere near the quarterback that Deshaun Watson is, which makes you wonder why the heck did they start him from the beginning? Deshaun Watson played as good as he's been playing so far. And then you look at the Tennessee Titans with Mike Malarkey and Dick LeBeau and Russ Grimm and Deshae Towns and all the Pittsburgh guys down there uh, making this team uh, play a little bit better football, where they're competing to be one of the better teams, uh, let's say in that division. So right now. Uh, they're struggling completely. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Titans are number one in that division. Um, but I just think they're, they're, that team is struggling in Indy. I think Jacoby Brissett is is trying to do the best he can. But, uh, you know, he's playing solid. If I had to give him grade one to ten, uh, considering the circumstance, I give, him, uh, I give him a solid eight, to be honest with you, uh, because he's coming, picked up the system, making some good throws, making some tough throws, you know, not so much great decisions, but that's a part of doing the job of playing quarterback, right? So I think he's solid at the end of the day. All right, great stuff, Cordell. Thank you so much. Glad we caught up. And we'll look forward to talking again next Tuesday. Thanks very much. Have a great week. How about Juju? Seven catches, 193, there huh? You go. <laughs> not too bad for the guy that chained his bike up on the sideline. How about a- that? Love AF- AFC Offensive Player of the Week. What a week yes, sir. for the young man. Yes, Thanks, yep. Cordell. No problem, Stan. All right, take care. We'll see you next week. There he goes, Cordell Stewart, NFL No Huddle. We've got much to do yet. Will the Steeler-Green Bay game be flexed out by the NFL? Probably not. We'll talk about that next on Sabrin on Steelers. Here's the snap. Ben steps up, throws the back shoulder fake. It's caught, and he's running. A.B.'s to the 20, 15-10, touchdown, Antonio Brown. Two defenders were converging. One of the Philippines got a piece of the ball. It tipped right into his hands, and he said, see you later. More of that would be uh, welcome. Detroit handled Green Bay. Now, the Steelers are scheduled to play Sunday night, November 26th. That's the Hall of Honor induction weekend, big weekend plan. But it's supposed to be an 8.30 game, national TV, NBC. But it can be flexed out of there. And with Green Bay falling on hard times, 4-4, four and four, 
that everybody knows the prospects for them aren't good. Is it possible they could flex that game back to an afternoon game? He said, hopefully, because otherwise, I, I admit it's selfish. I'll be on there until 2 in the morning. If it's a 1 o'clock game, I'm done at 7. Even if it's a 4.30 game, uh, I'm done at 10 instead of 2.30 in the morning. Doesn't look good. First of all, that's Thanksgiving week. So three games are wiped out there. Um, Tampa Bay at Atlanta, Tampa Bay stinks. Cleveland at Cincinnati, ha! Uh, Tennessee at Indy, that ain't happening. Miami at New England, maybe, except New England's on the national game the week before. Um, Carolina at the Jets, nah. Chicago at Philly, nah. New Orleans at the Rams. New Orleans at the Rams, yeah. Yeah, or, or, how about this, Buffalo at Kansas City. Please. <laughs> yeah, uh, New Orleans at the Rams. Get that L.A. market? Yeah, maybe that's it. Doesn't look good, but we can always hope. Can we not? All right, we've got this date in sports history and birthdays. That's next on Saverin on Sports. News bulletin, news flash, news number one news item of the day. Juju got his driver's license this morning. He did. <laughs> so congratulations to Juju Smith-Schuster. Watch out for him on the streets of Pittsburgh. All right. Uh, this date in sports history and this date in 1962, Chicago Blackhawks goaltender Glenn Hall played in his 503rd consecutive game. You won't see that happen again in the NHL. Also, in this state, I remember this well, 1991, Magic Johnson announced he was HIV positive. It was a much bigger deal back then than now because there were no medications. It shocked the sports world. Also, in this state, in 1933. Pennsylvanians voted, this being another election day, they voted the blue laws out, which means the Steelers could play on Sunday. Baseball could play on Sunday, and most importantly, they could serve beer on Sunday. Happened on this date in 1933, the first year of the Steelers. How about birthdays today? Happy birthday goes to former Steeler wide receiver Andre Hastings. Remember him? He did a good job here as a complimentary receiver. He is 47 today. Former Pirate number one draft pick Chris Benson. Didn't work out great. He's 43 today and a happy birthday today goes out to another former Major League pitcher. You know sometime you're bound to leave her but for now you're gonna stay in the year of the cat. Year of the cat as in Jim Cott. His nickname Kitty Cat the former Major League pitcher, still a broadcaster, is 79 years of age today. One of the best fielding pitchers of all time. Tomorrow it's Stan and Guy Day. Jerry Dulac will join me. More Steeler talk and Penguin talk as well. That's tomorrow at noon for Saverin on Sports. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.